When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. My friend, if you love trucks, pickups, this could not be a more exciting time. There's a lot of variety out there, that's for sure. And not only that, but there's a ton of stuff coming too. Yes, new trucks. I'm talking about the recent uh, teaser that the new 2023 Ford Super Duty is just around the corner. That's right, but this podcast is not about that Ford Super Duty, is it? No, because it's still under embargo, a lot of that information. Right. Yes, but there's actually more news coming later. Oh, yeah? What? I can't tell you. Ah, well, that doesn't really help. (laughs) But this podcast, for those of you who just came on, listen, guys, this is about modifications to your pickup trucks. One of the things that can be a detriment or a benefit. Yeah. Sorry, I had a duck in my throat. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, this show, this TFL Talking Podcast, TFL Talking Trucks Podcast, yeah. is all about good and bad mods, or oops, I ruined my truck. Which happens more often than you might think, and I think that uh, if you guys are able to actually see this, if you're watching this <laughs> on YouTube, you could see one of the examples of how some people do make a truck, frankly, less capable. Yes, and you could see also two dudes who are bros. Yeah. Uh, which is you and I. Right. Uh, just to clear up any misunderstanding, when we say toe like a bro and bro this and bro that, that has to do with the, the bro look, which is the flat hat going over the ears, perhaps a tattoo over a pasty white arm, uh, something along those lines. It's just, you know, it's really stereotypical of these guys who do this type of thing to these trucks that we can actually but pull off. We're just trying to have fun. We're not yeah. trying to. We are having fun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's a big difference. But before we continue with our show, the good and bad mods mm-hmm. on trucks, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Yes. Uh, this is huge. Uh, you guys continue to support us in a big way. Uh, Patreon.com slash TFLcar is, uh, is where you guys can go actually to talk to us, ask us questions, and uh, submit comments. Yeah, it's like the best way to talk to us directly. There are other ways, but this is one of the best ways, I think. Well, because we pay most attention to this. Exactly. Because you're supporting us using that site as well. And I have a comment from Joe Pasqualini. Good job. I think you got that name. Yeah, I think I got that name. Um, He uh, he says, um, just want to uh, shout out to Tommy and Zach, who absolutely killed it at the 2022 North American International Auto Show in Detroit. 
Timely coverage. Oh, my God, yes. You know, that show was a cluster in so many ways. And there's another word that goes to it. Um, <laughs> because, uh, first of all, it's it's like, okay, we're back with the Detroit Auto Show, which is basically what the NAIAS is. Yes. North American International Auto Show. I got my mouth with those marbles. Anyway, it um, nothing went smoothly. There were a lot of uh, uh, moments that we did not expect. There was coverage that we were not permitted to do, which is a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, and on top of all that, music, lights, and a lot of other people running around trying to shoot, including amateurs who were jumping in front of our cameras and everything else. So Zach and Tommy managed to pull out, I think, an excellent batch of well, videos. Well, Joe goes on in his comment. Oh, really? There's take, more. Take a look at this. Timely coverage. Yes. yes. In-depth personal interviews, check. Yep. Not just interviews, heads of companies, CEOs, chief designers like Ralph Gilles. Oh, yeah. Mike Koval from Ram and others, even Lordstown. Yep. Um, so, and he goes on, the deepest knowledge and very well-spoken. Okay. Tommy, from- Tommy well, was raised literally in this environment. So he is, he's our ace and I'm thrilled. And Zach who's really, you know, like a multi-talented individual himself, was able to get out there, get the coverage, make sure that Tommy was where he had to be at the right times. It was a great team up. And I think that the the, the fruits of their labor speak for themselves. And I got to say, just uh, right now, it's kind of an unpredictable time we're living. Yeah. Um, it's also fun, like we're saying, really exciting, but also challenging because we had no idea other than the Mustang, right, mm-hmm. uh, showing up at the show. Like, exactly what was going to be around, what we can cover, how popular it's going to be. Right. Well, auto shows we thought were dying. And and they still kind of are. Um, I don't think that they're going to be quite what they used to be. Ford pulled out of other auto shows in the past. So we weren't really expecting this. And then, you know, I got to be honest with you. And I know this is a truck podcast, but I'm a little underwhelmed by the Mustang. Not with what they showed us. But what they didn't show us, they didn't tell us what the horsepower, any of the output was. They just said more. More could be one horsepower, dude. Yes. And I, many manufacturers do this, yeah, unfortunately. And you did a video on this too, Mike. I mean, if on car, right? Yeah, on car. It's yeah. a TFL car. Yeah, Mustang was huge. Anyway, so um, much more uh, truck news coming. Yes. So stay tuned for us to, to this channel and to oldtfl.com to find every piece of information about the new Ford Super Duty and, and many, many others. Some stuff we cannot mention right now. Correct. So uh, so where do we start? So we, we just drove through uh, Rifle and Back, which yes, is a, like a 400-mile-plus round trip. In electric vehicles. In electric vehicles. But that's not why I bring it up. I bring it up because we saw a lot of what we would call modded bro trucks. And actually... A lot of them were towing yeah. and actually trying to be trucks. Yes. So first of all, let's talk about uh, what we're com- what we're covering, and also we want you guys to chime in, of course. Um, next to a Jeep Wrangler, a pickup truck is the most modified vehicle that an individual can own, and the most amount of modifications are available out there. Stuff that you could just buy online or through a magazine or whatever. And slap it onto your truck. In some cases, um, people are doing it for a real reason. They want to tow more. They want to haul more. They want to have more off-road capability. Um, And then in other cases, people are doing it for aesthetics. So they'll look a certain way. And what we want to talk about today is the fact that almost everything you do has a detriment. So there's always a negative. Um, 
But at the same time, there are a couple ways of just doing a couple minor things that actually could work out and be mostly positive. And then, of course, we want to make fun of people who are doing ridiculous things to their trucks as well. Yeah, so I recently went through this. Um, I uh, wanted to mod my truck. Yep. Right, so I have uh, my personal uh, truck as an F-150 hybrid, uh, 2021. And I specifically purchased the, you know, the Excel version, the very basic one. Right. I added a few options to it because, of course, I wanted towing. I wanted towing mirrors. I wanted a little bit of tech, mm-hmm. right? I love tech. So I added a couple packages to it. But also FX4 mm-hmm. had a off-road package. Which means locking rear diff and the FX4 suspension. A, a couple of skid plates as well. Yeah. Uh, but I was really unhappy really with just my ground clearance. Mm-hmm. I mean, the truck showed up. It's beautiful. It was. It's very quick. Yeah. It's got a lot of power, a lot of torque. It's pretty e- economical, too. Uh, efficient, especially in the city. It's mm-hmm. quite amazing. Uh, I've been getting about 25, 26 in the city MPG. On the highways, yeah, it's, it's always worse because of the air, air resistance. Right. About 21 and a half, 22-ish on the highway. Uh, but I wanted to do more of this. And if you're not watching, I wanted to go further into the mountains. I wanted to climb a couple of trails. He wanted to do more off-roading. And... We did shortly after, I mean, shortly days after he bought the truck, we took it off road. He took it off road and got some trail damage. Which yeah. I'm, the fact that you survived <sighs> your wife's wrath and made it back here in one piece without any missing organs is remarkable. Um, because, but part of the reason why your truck did suffer was the fact that it didn't have enough ground clearance, it didn't have grippy enough off road tires. It was missing some, I, I think articulation was a little bit. Um, mm, as well. Well, it's hard to fix articulation. We'll talk about that a little bit later, right? right? Because, of course, manufacturers spend billions of dollars just dialing in suspension systems for mass production, of exactly. course, right? Right. But also dialing in some of the ride components, the shocks, the springs, sure. the capability. So when you go to the corner store and pick up you know, a new spring, you, you don't know where it came from, usually. You know, yeah. you have to be very careful, you know, which components and which brands you're using. And that's a whole podcast in itself is aftermarket brands and, yeah. you know, some of them low quality versus high quality. And it exists. Yeah. So I wanted to do something like this. I wanted a little bit of clearance. So I went out and I got a leveling kit. Mm-hmm. So I had a few options, right? So what can I do? I can go to Ford Performance. So Ford um, offers some accessories on the side, right, right. Uh, through dealerships. And... Uh, it comes with like different either Fox or Bilstein shocks. Okay. okay. Or I can go outside of Ford, obviously, which I did. I actually decided to go with Rough Country Leveling Kit. This mm-hmm. is not a sponsored opportunity no. by Rough Country. They gave us nothing. Yes. Uh, I purchased the leveling kit from them because it was relatively inexpensive. Yeah. About it was. $120 for the puck system. It's basically aluminum discs that you could put above your shock towers um, in the front. Um, so you're not preloading the spring. You're just adding a spacer, basically. Right, on top of the on spring. On top of it. Yeah. So, because I, when we modified, remember we modified the Ram Rebel. And during that, everything went well, except when we leveled out that Ram Rebel, we preloaded the spring. So it didn't have as much travel on it. And you could feel it no matter what you did. Yeah, and it became a harsher ride because yeah. of it. And I, I kind of did it knowingly because we were trying to keep a schedule and we wanted to be first, right, right. and all this stuff. So that was kind of my bad. So I learned from that, and I wanted to do this. And then I wanted bigger tires. So having the uh, leveling kit allowed you, you know, to easily put in larger tires. And they look a lot beefier. Those are BFGs, yeah. right? Yeah. So I went basically from a 
inch diameter tire mm -hmm. from that was factory to a 33.8. So I increased the tire diameter overall by two inches. Mm -hmm. So one inch is on the bottom, one inch is on the top, of course. Of course. Um, and then the, they became a little wider. But I was also very mindful of this. I didn't want gigantic wide tires, right? I didn't want them sticking out. I didn't change my offset. I was a little nervous about rubbing, right? Which mm -hmm. is why we did this video. So I actually went out and ran ironclads again, the same trail where I damaged my truck. Right. But you, it was a completely different experience. Yeah, it was. I, first of all, I never touched a single body panel mm -hmm. or underbody uh, component. So it means you chose correctly. Yeah. So, I mean, that extra clearance helped. Mm. And the tires were grippy, BFGs. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, and, uh, but I found something else out, the negative, the negatives. All right. Let's hear them. Mm. So my truck is taller. Yes. Has a commanding view of the road. Right. My economy went down. Of course it did. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you have more frontal area now. You're not as aerodynamic because you're not hugging the ground by comparison. And you have more drag with these larger, heavier tires. And there's additional drag on your drive system because these are larger. So there's more rolling mass as you move forward. So you have affected not only your MPG, but probably street handling too, if you were to throw it into a really hard corner. I'm pretty sure that the street-ish tires you had before probably gripped a little bit better. Exactly. So... Uh, and a couple components. So I did a video also doing an MPG comparison. Yeah. And thankfully, because part of that loop that we were judging the truck on was in a city, mm -hmm. I was able to use the hybrid portion of my truck, which is electric motor, right. to help me out a little bit. So my overall city MPG didn't go down dramatically, but my highway suffered because, like you said, worse aerodynamics. Yes. Um, and, um, well, the handling has not been affected other than uh, like potholes and speed bumps. I kept my stock shocks. Yes. So my shocks are the same. But I even was talking to our friends at Fox Shocks when they were here helping us out with our Churchzilla project. Right. And they said, as soon as you add unsprung mass, which is the tire and wheel, um, sometimes the stock shock just can't handle upward momentum of that bigger tire. Right, because the compression's different too, and yeah. it's harder on you know that little yeah. rod running in, in and out. Yeah. So once in a while, I feel like a little jitter because the shock is trying to compensate, mm -hmm. but it's like, I wasn't designed to do this. You know, what, 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 are, what are you doing yeah, to me? Yeah, you're, you're demanding more of me than yeah. I was built for. So that that starts you in the rabbit hole. Let me, let me go over what the rabbit hole is. <laughs> yeah. Now, no matter what you do, with a modification, there will be something that goes on. Yeah, this, this next picture <laughs> says it all. Um, and so in Andre's case, he's discovered, as many of us have, that once you go to one part, you might have to go to another part, which means you might have to go to another part. Now, what this may mean in the future is that he may upgrade his suspension. The suspension, let's say $1,000. Let's say $1,500, actually, probably more like it. $1,500 yeah. to upgrade your suspension. So just to buy the shocks, but right. then some, uh, somehow I need to install them, too. That costs money. It does, and yeah. Toby's not free. All uh, right. <laughs> so then once you do that, what do a lot of people do after they've upgraded their tires and suspension? Uh, body components. Right. Maybe wider uh, flares. Wider flares and yes. bumpers. Yes. And adding weight. Sure. What do you do? Because everybody wants big steel bumpers with winches. Sticking yeah. Up. Yeah. And, 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 and bars and, and side huh. steps. And what about tunnel covers and truck toppers? Exactly. They want to, that's, that's where the next step is. What happens when you add all that to the, your vehicle? 
Well, first of all, other than losing efficiency, of course. Of course. Uh, you, you are also, how do you stop? Brakes and acceleration. Those are the two things that are affected after that. So that means you have to uptake, upgrade your brakes, larger brakes, right? And then, of course, once you've put in all that, you know, your brakes now, heavier brakes, heavier, you know, load, bumpers, blah, 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 blah. Now you need more power because you no longer have that zip that you once had. So you're going to have to beef up your powertrain. And by the time everything's said and done and you've actually tried to build the truck that you somehow dreamt of and made all these modifications, you're now $150,000 in the rabbit hole. Oopsie. Oops. Yeah. So uh, absolutely. So budgeting, <laughs> budgeting is very important, right? Um, knowing where your goals and budgets are. Yes. <laughs> and, and also uh, your vision. So we're showing another uh, interesting uh, pickup. Uh, we love SEMA. We uh, go yeah. there every year. Every year. We're going this we're, year. We're planning yeah. this, this, this trip already. Yeah, in force, actually. Uh, yeah, so for 2022 SEMA, we're, we're actually well, with like three or four of us are going to be there. Yeah, that's what it sounds like at yeah. this point. Possibly more. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but what, if you're not able to watch this, uh, what Andre is showing is what we like to call bro truck. Um, this is essentially a truck that has gone through an extremely expensive upgrade for its whole suspension system. Really, really extreme where it's lifted, in this case, I would say almost two feet, you know, or, or 18 inches lift, probably closer to two feet. Yeah. Big lift. But then they put on these wide wheels with these itty-bitty tires that <laughs> actually lower the truck. So essentially, after you did a two-foot lift, if you look at the components and how close they are to the ground, you're only getting, oh, I don't know, maybe... Several know, inches? Couple? Know, Ten inches, give or take. So you haven't really done anything because once you do this monster lift, you want really, really big tires, which will actually bring the whole truck up. And then you have your articulation and lack of rubbing, blah, 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 blah. But these trucks, because of the way they look, I'm guessing it's because of the way they look. They're all over the roads, too. They exist in real life. And it's Well, we crazy. saw several of them oh my on God. our trip. Towing. Yes. Now, when you do this and you add all this extra weight to your suspension, this is a very complex suspension and you're changing the diameter of your tire and, and, the, and the width. Geometry is changing too, so you have to be careful. Right, everything that affects your towing and your payload by huge amounts. And we can't say specifically what because there's so many different mods out there, it just depends. But I'll give you a really good example. The minute you do these really wide wheels with a really low uh, rubber. Profile. Yeah, the right. low profile rubber, which you know, everybody's really into right now, you're changing the ratio of how many rotations it takes for your vehicle to do a certain thing, all right? And that actually can affect everything from gearing to towing. Everything along the line. Totally. So and then brakes. you have to recalibrate your odometer, your speedometer. Right. Uh, nobody knows. I mean, depending on who built this and which components you used, how do you know your payload, your new payload? It's really hard to calculate. Yeah. And then it, but it gets worse because the stress that you're adding to things like your axle uh, to the bearings, actually, that are just right there. Because, see, when they design these things, they basically expect a wheel and tire to sit a certain way when it's on the lug, right? Yeah. And when you're adding all this extra weight to the outside and the inside of it, and, and it's all off kilter, it can actually premature screw up bearings and just a, a million other things. So when I see this, I'm a little infuriated because I feel bad for the truck itself. I treat it like it's an animal. It's like, oh, my God, it's being abused. But the other side of it is, 
it's also affecting the safety of the vehicle. So the minute you go and do this, you no longer have the same braking distance you had from the, rage, you know, the manufacturer. Even though it looks like it would go around a corner really quick because it's super, super wide, you actually may be losing traction. Also, you may affect your TCS system, traction control in general, a whole bunch of other things that can be affected in a negative way the minute you go and pull a stunt like this. Oh, yeah. And then um, on top of this, the latest trucks, I'm talking about 21, 22, 23s that are right. coming out, they have sometimes cruise control systems, cameras, uh, the rest, like you mentioned, radar systems for those systems right. that are now at different heights or different locations. You need to know how to recalibrate them if you if even you can. If you even can yeah. recalibrate them, exactly. Yeah. So so th there's a lot going on here. But uh, before we move there's on, <laughs> uh, I want to show something that we appreciate, actually. Yeah. And I think that's done with a lot of forethought, right? Right. A and done properly. And this is also at SEMA. And this truck, we were just Googling at, remember? Oh, my God. And well, we it's loved my, it. The color is my favorite. The build is my favorite. This is what you can do if you decide, I want to have something even beefier than a power wagon. Now, this is for off-road enthusiasts who want something essentially that is almost military, I don't want to say military, industrial spec. It Oops. is built to go anywhere and built to save someone's butt because that winch is heavy duty. So we're, we're talking about the um, American Expedition Vehicle AEV uh, Prospector builds. So they, of course, they work with many manufacturers, including Ram, Jeep, GM, of course, um, both Chevrolet and now GMC. Right. Uh, but they also build their own prospector uh, vehicle kits, and they actually do the work themselves mm -hmm. to, to actually install the components. Um, we're talking about larger wheels and tires, bigger flares, because once again, those wheel, big tires are going to fling rocks and dirt and snow and everything yeah, else. Yeah, we haven't even gone over all the other negatives of yeah. those offsets. So they're taking care of the uh, flares, right. right? And then, like you said, big bumpers to protect you against, you know, trees or rocks or anything else. That a, a very large building in this case. This thing is really <laughs> beefed up. But there are some negatives. This is an awesome truck. I'm estimating, when I saw it, and I did talk to one of the developers out there, and between the heavy, heavy tires and wheels and all that extra armor... They're adding hundreds and hundreds of pounds, uh, close to a thousand pounds, because there's also a rear bumper that's really rear bumper, as well. Sometimes there's, there's a, a bed racks, rack, yeah, and, and uh, sliders and some other stuff and armor underneath. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of extra weight. So what happens when you add really beefy tires and all that extra weight? Well, your horsepower and torque are no longer as effective as they were before. That's right off the bat. Also, you're not towing quite as much or hauling quite as much. Am I right? Yeah, totally. So you need to pick a good base truck to do this with, right? Yes. So if you choose the wrong model, uh, for example, um, even let's talk about Ram. Mm -hmm. Let's say you chose a Ram 2500 with a Cummins diesel. Well, it doesn't come with that extra heavy-duty ice and transmission, right? No, that's right. So you have to get the 3500 uh, series truck, the one ton, to get that uh, extra heavy-duty transmission, right. higher output diesel. Mm -hmm. So if you're starting with the wrong vehicle, you may be you know, compromising in a big way something in the future. Right, especially if you're really serious about off-roading. This is a pretty serious off-road truck. Not really built for thin trails, I'll tell you, it's a little too big for that, but built to really go into seriously nasty environments and survive. That's what this truck is for, and it looks cool too, I admit. However, that's kind of where the balance is because a lot of people really do want to look badass when they build their vehicles. I get that. 
But the loss here, there's there's something else. There's another uh, component to loss, which was actually brought up to me by Mark Allen, who is the head of design for Jeep. Uh huh. Mark Allen's it? a hell of a good guy. I, I hate to admit it, but he's um, we've known him for a very long time, and he doesn't care what you drive. Here's his point: no matter what you do off road, the more you add in terms of weight, the less your capability is off road. He was stunned. This is years ago to see some of these heavily armored. This is before the even the Pentastar came out. So. These uh, Jeep, uh, the three point eight liter yeah, anchors. Yeah, the boat anchor. Um, the the Jeep Wrangler Unlimiteds, first gen of the Unlimited, and these people were slapping on enough components to make this thing weigh six thousand plus pounds, and they were barely able to get over obstacles that other Jeeps are like toddling over. And he pointed that out. He said the weight. All not not to mention the fact that you are affected off road when you're going over obstacles and you're on sideways. So. Adding weight, if you're serious about off-roading, usually is not the way to go. And the real professionals, if you watch them, they don't have all the cool stuff hanging off their vehicle because they don't want the extra weight. So just keep that part in mind. That's one of the things that you're looking at here. This is a remarkably heavy vehicle. I'm guessing that its weight is pretty close to 8,000 pounds, maybe even more. Yeah, it depends on the equipment. It's yeah. a crew cab. We're still looking at the Ram heavy-duty yeah. truck. Um, our Ram Heavy Duty 2500 that we have a long-term vehicle, yeah. uh, ours with a fifth wheel hitch installed is 8,000 pounds. Is 8,000. So this is probably over That's by, probably, a, few, uh, by yeah. a few hundred pounds. But it's lighter than our Hummer. Yes. Uh, I wanted to bring that up in too because now we have vehicles like the Hummer EV mm-hmm. truck, which is designed for off-roading, but it's also very, very large and very, very heavy. Over 9,000 pounds. Yes, curb weight. My yeah, God. Be- because of the battery, of course, because everything else that it has. I will say it here, and I'll say it every time I'm in a video with that Hummer. Um, I-, I think it's really cool. The tech is fascinating, and it-, it looks cool. But it's a toy. It's not built to be an efficient EV. Well, it never was. It's just built to prove that a EV can seriously do off-roading. But we'll cover that another time. Yeah, but it's you have to modify your off-road style. Like you mentioned, Mark Allen's comments, right? Yeah. You have to recalibrate your brain. Yes. So where, you know, in a lighter vehicle, maybe a small Jeep, you can, you know, maybe go a little bit slower and hop on an obstacle. Here, you have to choose your line carefully because you're a wide vehicle. Yeah. And then you may need to add a lot of throttle and maybe spin a tire to just get over an obstacle. Like and this. then you're terrified of the possibility of bam- bouncing off a rock in a vehicle that costs well over $100,000. Yeah. So, I mean, th- there's a, there's, there are pros and cons, and we will be covering that in the future. We're going to be driving the crap out of this Hummer, and we're going to test the hell out of it. But it brings me back to what we're looking at here. So these modifications. Now, you'll notice with this one, it's not too bad. The wheels stick out on this one, I would say, uh, two and a half inches, maybe three inches outside of the wheel well. And this is something that's very popular here in Colorado. A lot of guys in these trucks are making the wheels stick out three, even four inches outside of where their, not only where their wheel well is, but also where their mud flaps might be, even if they had them. Now, the local law enforcement agencies have said that you are not allowed to do that because you're going to not only fling dirt, snow, and crap all over your truck, but worse, all over everybody else's. I don't care if you get yourself blinded and destroy your vehicle off-road or you know, in the snow, but I do care about what happens to other vehicles on the road. And when you do this, when you have these massive offsets and you don't have anything blocking debris flying out, 
it hits everybody. And I actually saw a bus nearly taken out by one of these jack jack holes. Um, I didn't say it all. Um, when we had snow last year, and and it was well, bad. Really and the big bad. thing in Colorado is, of course, you know, they sand and they put you know salt and stuff. That's and exactly little it. pebbles, yeah. little pebbles or little rocks on little the, on chunks the, on, of debris, basically. Yeah. right? and these tires pick it up and of course they throw it and they fling it. Yeah. And that's what happened to this bus. The bus was actually heading on uh, Highway 36 towards Denver, full of people. And this truck, this truck was spraying the bus. The bus driver could not get his windshield wipers to go fast enough to clear the view. He had to slow down significantly in the fast lane. Uh, which turns into a bus lane. And you could see he was losing traction by doing that. And it was a bad thing. And I, I don't even think the guy in the pickup truck was aware of what he was doing. It was ridiculous. So anyway, that my soapbox is done. It is a safety issue. But ironically, hmm. the local law enforcement who knows this is illegal hasn't been pulling these guys over in mass. And I'm curious, if any of you are listening or watching and you're in law enforcement, why is this not happening? Because I'm willing to bet that almost every state this is illegal. So that's a question. I, I really want to know the answer. Is it <clears throat> there's too many of them? And that goes with also the Carol was it the Carolina squat? Oh yeah, that's a whole different story. No, not really, because that's well, a modification that some that people have done that's been proven to that be somewhat dangerous. Seems stylish by some, but very dangerous because your nose is in the air yeah. dramatically. Yeah. So you're staring I, up at the sky, you're not looking at people who are in front of you very easily. Also, you were Headlights are blinding other people in some cases. I know there was or blinding birds, blinding birds too, because you don't want to scare those birds. But also, you've also, you've changed the um, the way the vehicle drives itself, so your balance is all screwed up. The way that your system is working and braking and cornering and stability, all of that is just thrown out. I know people do it for style, just like draw, uh, slamming a car or whatever. But in this case, I think the Carolina thing is just dumb. Well, and it's been. They kind of cracked down on it, right? Yeah. And it spread to some other areas, of course. And so that's still kind of an issue with some uh, some the areas. Was up top. I don't know if you there there. I don't know if that's the right one. Okay. Let, let's just take a look here. Sorry, uh, he's he's looking real time. There you go. Well, that's kind well, of well. It's not completely. It's not as bad as some. I've seen some where the rear is almost dragging on the ground. Yeah, exactly. You know, but this one is is noticeable and. This is more of a bro. No, uh, yeah, but it is. But you can clearly yeah. see, though, that it is squatting in the rear and that the front end is lifted way up in the air. And people like that look. And, you know, it's if it weren't dangerous. And the other thing is, by the way, yes, once again, the tires or the wheels are sticking out with crazy offset. So in many ways, it is a danger to people on the road. And you've also made your truck very useless by doing this. Towing? Yeah, you're not going to be doing as much of that. Loading a heavy load in the back? Probably not as good as it was when it was stock. That's for sure. And then you go over a bump or something like that while you're trying to tow or haul something. And, oh, what a surprise. I've actually destroyed half of the truck just by doing that. So it's, it is a big question as to why people actually do this. And that's not a Carolina spot. No, I, I want to I move on. Oh, actually, I, I want to add just a tiny bit to yes. law enforcement okay. question you, you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I think... You can get pulled over for anything. Sure. You have a light bulb out. You have a license plate that's crooked. I've, I've you, been. That's happened to me. Uh, you have uh, um, out of state plates. Uh, what about what if your truck is too loud? Yes. What if the officer determines your truck was too loud or it was squatting too much? Or there's too um, much smoke coming so, out of it. But it just depends if the officer at that moment is inclined, you know, or needs to investigate further. Yeah. They could stop you for anything. So. 
whether you know they're going to enforce all of them, probably not. That will they enforce some of it? Probably, yes. Um, but I, I'm showing you an image of a very, very sweet truck that we cannot buy in the United States. Yeah, it's a Toyota Land Cruiser. Yeah, but it's a you know it's a nice, really sweet um, series uh, eighty, um, series eighty truck. Uh, why am I doing this? Well, because it has a tray bed on on the back. Right. So, and this is also a trend I'm seeing in the Overland community and some of the um, actually work truck communities has had it for decades because, like, you know, big flatbeds with toolboxes hanging off of yeah, it. Yeah. But now it's actually uh, also getting popular here in the U.S. with the Overland community and also just kind of everyday pickup uh, people. It's actually a really good mod if you're actually going to use it. Uh, if, if you're not, if you're somebody who's just putting it on for looks, you may not find it as convenient and as easy to use and work with as a regular, um, you know, uh, bed. But the other side of it is, if you're serious about working hard, working on the farm, going off-road and actually needing something where you're going to throw a carcass of an animal you just hunted in the back of it, having all four sides drop or the capacity of doing that, that's pretty awesome. And yeah. it's useful for the right person. Oh, that looks familiar. Yeah, so we recently uh, actually uh, tested this truck. It's a GMC Sierra AT4X Ultimate Overland project, yeah. uh, which is, was done by the Overland Expo, and all, a, a lot of people who were involved in this project. But I want to point out a couple of things that excite me, okay? So first of all, it's got an aluminum tray bed, um, Australian style, right? Which is far less, well, it's much lighter than... Uh, the steel beds. Yeah, that's what that's where I'm going, kind yeah. of with this. So forget about the roof rack and the canopy and the refrigerator and the spare tire and the sliders and the slider and forget about the tent that's laying in the back. Um, the bed itself, I think, is a very good addition. First of all, it's aluminum. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's expensive. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, there is no doubt about this. But it has built-in toolboxes. It, it, I think, it looks cool. And in this case, it actually extends the length of the factory bed. You know, a lot of factory beds on crew cab trucks are about five and a half feet. Right. Uh, sometimes five ten. Well, this is a six plus foot bed, so you're getting a little bit more usable area in your bed. So you can maybe load more motorcycles, for example, if you're carrying motorcycles, if you're carrying an ATV behind you, mm -hmm. um, all that stuff. Plus, you're not adding a ton of weight in the process, which I love. Yeah. So that is an example of a modification that's actually done, and the mon and other than out of your pocket. The you know loss isn't so bad, and there are other there are plenty of other modifications I could cite that really don't hurt the vehicle but benefit the vehicle. You know what a really good example of that is? What? Uh, Tommy's when when Tommy was driving around with the uh, Jeep uh, Gladiator. Yes. Remember we got that uh, modification. We got a couple. We got put on bigger tires, right? And also gave it a two-inch lift, or was it? Yeah, a it was a Jeep Performance Part lift, two-inch lift. Now, normally, when you give a vehicle a lift, honestly, something suffers. You know, a handling might not be as good, or you may find that, you know, when you hit the brakes, it dips more, or, you know, maybe off-road it wasn't as good, or, you know, the, there's something, right? Honestly, this was the one time that uh, a lift was done, and there were no penalties. It e and even the gas Improvements. Mileage, yes, it was as if the vehicle was built to have that lift, which which might in a way explain. it was. Yeah, I know. But the the bottom line is that um, that is an example of a modification that worked out. But also, we did a lot of planning to do that. We wanted to make sure that the, it benefited the most from this, 
as opposed to people who are like last minute, hmm, I think I'll buy this. I won't bother investigating and doing my due diligence to see how it will affect my vehicle, which I have seen an awful lot of people paying the price later on. You know, I actually have a really good example of, mm. uh, and you, I don't know if you'll be able to bring it up or not. I'm trying. No, no, that's fine. You don't have to. Uh, sorry. So there are a lot of people that like the look of having a push bumper, off-road bumper on their vehicle. And there's a bunch of companies. Weston's one of them. A bunch of companies build them. And you may notice that they're actually called light bar braces or something like that. There's a reason. They're not push bars. Um, and people don't know this sometimes. They, they stra- you know, I mean, basically they bolt onto the frame of your vehicle or maybe underneath the bumper of your vehicle, but they're not really part of your frame, which is what a proper push bar is. And then they go off-road or they do have a little adventure or they use it for something. You know what I saw someone do with it? Mm-hmm. I tried to stop him. Uh, there was a guy who was off the side of the road and he had a small trailer so he abandoned the trailer, and he was trying to pull it out by turning his truck around and then tying a rope, a thick rope, to the trailer to his bumper, his, his push bumper, which yeah. wasn't really a push bumper. And I was driving up to him to, like, wave him down to say, don't do this. And all of a sudden, I saw his reverse lights come on. He pulled back, and the bumper, the push bar, went flat. It just tore just, almost completely. Yeah, it went flat uh-huh. and then tore off. And, you know, he, well, I thought this thing was strong. No, it, it's not. And that's the other thing is that when people do these modifications and they don't research what they really are, they're going to be disappointed. Now, this truck, this thing was sitting in our here at TFL, uh, the one that Andre brought up, which is their highly modified Sierra. Yeah. Sierra. Um, and it's, it's one of those that it struck me in an unusual way. I usually like it when vehicles are modified for overlanding. Um, does this have the gas engine or does this have a diesel? This is the big V8. Yeah. Right. Out of everything they did, the one thing that they didn't do that they should have done is put a diesel in this. Sorry, but if you're going to be heading off and you're serious about being like this super built up thing that's practically built for rescuing other vehicles, that's how it looks to me. Well, yeah, it's got a lot of, you know, um, tow hooks. Yeah. Um, it's got a lot of equipment. It's got a big winch in the front. Jerry cans. It's got a shovel and an axe. Yeah. It's got all I mean, of that they really stuff. set it up to, to, to look like, a, like almost like a rescue vehicle, right? Well, if you're going to build a vehicle like that, then you really want it to be able to have more range. And you will get more range with a diesel than you will a gas engine. In fact, I'm always pushed for diesels as proper exhibit. Do you see the jerry cans on top? Yeah. See? But the, no, you can no, still uh, have the jerry cans if you have a diesel. But you could you could get like a 500 mile range yeah. or a 400 mile no, range true. where a gas engine is not going to give you that by well, comparison. Well, partially it's, this is an 84X, and from the factory it doesn't come with a diesel, and, but 84 does. Right, is, which is strange to me, but that's that, anyway. That's a different conversation. But I do like the rest of the setup. Um, I wouldn't get that bed personally, uh, that setup, because that toolbox just takes away all the utility of the bed. Unless that bed itself extended another two feet. Yeah, by the way, the box uh, behind the cab, and it's about three feet long, um, is removable. Oh, it is? So it's actually on tracks, you know, those kind of tracks where you can bolt stuff down. Oh, it slides out and then Um, you can pull out. So in theory, let's say you went on a weekend trip Uh and you needed a toolbox, but let's say uh, during the week you didn't need it, so you can just... Uh, remove it. So yeah, something tells me it's not going to be easy for one person. It's, that's a, it's a little heavy. Yeah, I imagine so. Uh, I wanted to bring up another point since we're in overlanding land. Uh-huh. Is this so additional lights? Awesome. Usually. Normal, oh yeah. Right. Interesting that they went with that design. 
Uh, so we're showing you the latest um, rigid lights Which here. Are, there's six of them on the roof. What, five or six of them? Six. On the roof. Six on the roof, and then two um, sitting on the uh, front of the vehicle. Well, essentially, on the A-pillars. Uh, yeah. Um, so um, beautiful lights that are very high-tech. Yeah. They have GPS in them. So they know how fast the vehicle is going, if you can believe it or not. And they can throw different light <sighs> patterns. But that's not what I'm talking about. Well, they're I'm illegal. Aren't they well, regardless? Well, for, uh, I'm not talking about the legality okay, of this. Okay. I'm talking about wind resistance and noise. <laughs> yes. Do you see where I'm going? I see exactly where you're going So because this. when you're adding large lights above your wind, windscreen, um, your windshield, okay, I mean, people do that. Yeah. Um, there's legal ways of doing it, and uh, beautiful, and you can do this. But you hear wind noise. And because it adds resistance. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for going there. Yeah. But it, it's not even just lights. Just a roof rack will do that. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife's Mini. She, my wife has a Mini Cooper Countryman. Uh-huh. And I had to put a roof rack on there because she was driving across country and tying one of those bags to it. So I had to put it on. So we left the roof rack on. And about a week after she got back home, she's like, I can't stand this. And I said, what's wrong, honey? She goes, the car's whistling at me all the time. It won't mm. stop whistling. And I had to remove the roof rack. Um, not to mention the fact that, yes, it'll affect your fuel mileage. In this case, additional wind resistance, additional noise. And the more weight you put on top of your vehicle, the less uh, you, your center of gravity, gravity will change. And it doesn't take much to do it. So as cool as this looks, with the jerry cans and everything else on the roof, and I see people driving around like, Daily drivers with, with giant tents with with oh my god rooftop right? tents everywhere. How many Subarus have you seen recently with a giant? I would rooftop say I saw tent? a dozen this week at least. Yes, yeah, easily. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with rooftop tents. I'm not a big fan of them, but I get it. It's it's like hey, I immediately have a motorhome whenever I need it. Totally get it. But the minute you do that, you're affecting performance in terms of handling, and of course, you're affecting wind resistance. You're creating noise, and you're getting lower MPG. And we should really do a study on that one of these days, too, by the way. Actually, we did. I believe maybe it was Case and Tommy. Uh, I wasn't there. But they actually did oh, a Torig, remember? That's, yes. With the, no. But didn't uh, we also, LR3? Didn't we also do it with one of, like, our trail boss, too, or something like that? We did a, we did a video where we ran one of our vehicles on our highway MPG loop uh-huh. with no tent uh-huh. and then added a tent and ran it again. And there was dramatic differences. There we, is we, a dramatic difference. The only problem is, is that it's not a very fair comparison because some rooftop tents are much lighter than others. Some weigh only, you know, like 160 pounds and others weigh 400 pounds. You know, I mean, there's, there's big differences. Anyway, that's, we digress. But that's another modification that can negatively affect your vehicle. Yes, it suddenly becomes freedom car, but at the same time, it now no longer gets the mileage it used to get, and it doesn't handle the same way it used to either. So those are things to keep in mind. Yeah, so I think um, to wrap up the subject, you know, the b- good, the best and the worst mm-hmm. of mod- modifying your pickup truck, um, I just wanted to bring up this kind of last point, which I experienced with my truck, is planning, right? Yes. So, and here's what I mean. Planning, let's say you want to do a leveling kit with tires, right? Which is what I, where I was going. Correct. But I decided not to do shocks. That was my decision. Mm-hmm. It was related to cost, primarily. Um, and also, I was really scared, even though we, we, I know Fox and Bill Stein and other companies are very reputable. Mm-hmm. I was afraid of um, worsening my stock. I really like the ride of yeah, my you, truck. Your truck does ride well. Yeah, and I didn't want to completely throw it out the window and do something completely new. I was, I was a little timid. Gotcha. But I paid $350 
to um, install the leveling kit mm -hmm. with not changing the shocks and also to align the suspension because you have to get an alignment. Which a lot of people don't do, by the way. Right. Which is important for tire wear because oh, when God, you're upgrading yeah. your expensive tires. Yeah. And then you're ruining the tires by bad alignment. Yeah, you wonder why at 5,000 miles you're already cupped and everything's, you know, wearing incorrectly. Yeah, so yeah. that's huge. But now if I wanted to change shocks, guess what? Mm. $350 again because they have to remove the suspension. They have to remove the shocks, redo it, right. and potentially even realign it. So my planning maybe saved me money initially, but if I wanted to upgrade, now I'll be doing double work. So in the long term, you should have had even further vision saying, hey, you know, I'm going to be doing this anyway. Might as well save myself 350 bucks, which is a nice chunk of change, yeah, yeah. and have it all done at once. But then suffer the wrath of your wife beating Yeah, because there's a certain head. level of cash flow which goes over radar, uh -huh. and some of it goes because below. I, I totally get it. You know it. what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you remember my black Toyota? <laughs> I had a Toyota uh, Tacoma. Oh, I, I love it. That I was love a that. great little truck, right? Yeah. And I did some modifications to it, and I tried to keep them really quiet. And she caught on right around the time I sold it. So ever since then, any vehicle I've had in terms of modifications, she's been keeping a really close eye on me. So I just, yeah, well, our wives don't watch this this podcast. Or ne never listen to our as what we're doing. As we yeah. know, and please don't call them and tell them. To. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's a big deal. And of course, tires are huge, right? Uh, they change the look of your truck. They oh, change the function of your truck. It, it it changes the whole attitude of the vehicle. And the right tires really can light up your day. But if you're going to go with an additional beefier off-road capable tire. Be prepared for the limitations that it's going to throw in front of you as well, because they will, right? Yeah. I mean, there's there's no such thing as a perfect tire. And really, uh, and that's why we're, at least at TFL, very, I want to say we pay a lot of attention to this, because um, if we didn't test these tires and told you exactly how they worked, you probably would be kind of intimidated to trying this yourself, because right. you're paying about $250, maybe more, for each tire. Each tire, right. And if you see this knobby destination MT2 that I'm showing here. It's the Firestone, uh, yeah. Uh, Firestone tire. You might be intimidated by those big lugs, and you might be thinking they're going to be loud on the highway, or they're just going to be rough riding, mm -hmm. or something else might happen. Well, I can tell you, at least from my experience, with this tire, no. Uh, it's a decent tire, not super loud. It's very similar in its, um, I would say, character to the Duratrack in, in some ways. Yeah, yeah, and the Duratrack is, is a pretty good tire. Um, you know what's funny is that Firestone also builds a different type of uh, off-road tire that's not an off-road tire. And if you watch any of our videos on the uh, Honda Ridgeline, you'll see that that tire is also built by Firestone, and from the side looks really beefy, and it's really not. It's actually just an all-season tire that has some lugs on the side of it to make it look like it's off-roady. And you know what? That's not a bad thing for people who want the look but don't want to sacrifice the performance and the fuel savings of a regular tire. Mm -hmm. And there may be a market. I know there's a maybe. There is a market out there for that. And I do recommend that for people who really don't want to go off-road but want to look like they can go off-road. Yeah, and of course, this MT2 tire is truly off-road tire. That's an off-road tire. Because I drove it on the Ironclad's trail. Uh -huh. It had great traction. I even, you know, uh, the, the big worry is like pinching the sidewall, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we've all been there before, I think, and just kind of having a bad day. They're, these aren't beadlock wheels either. They're just, no, they're yeah, not. No. Interesting. Um, and even, and this tire was very tough. I came close to some sharp rocks, uh -huh. and this was a tough tire, really nice tire. Yeah, and this is not a light truck. 
No, <laughs> there was a lot of weight added to this Ex GMC. That's Sierra. exactly my point. Yeah. And so when you do that, it, may, it, it even makes the tires work harder off-road. So uh, I think our whole point here is that you may want to look a little bit down the road on the modifications that you want to slap onto your truck. I wouldn't blame you for wanting to make it look better, drive better, you know, feel better, but look at what it's going to do in the long term and, you know, plan accordingly. I am as guilty as you guys for adding things that I just think look cool or adding yeah. a light I may never use, that type of thing. Big antenna or small antenna right. or whatever. Stuff like that. This this thing had a, that chunky... Uh, uh, yeah, it? signal booster. Signal booster, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I get it. But at the same time, we're just trying to throw out there some additional warnings and some real-life uh, practical history with some of these things and what we've seen and what has been regrettable to look at. Yeah. And you talked about, like, you know, power, needing more power after mods. Um, if you choose already a powerful vehicle like a big diesel mm -hmm. or maybe a turbocharged engine, supercharged uh, engine. You, you can compensate for a lot of those mods uh, just with your factory engine. You can... So, but you're still going down the rabbit hole once you add the suspension, then you have to add the brakes, and then you have to add the tires. And, and also you know, re-gearing the differentials, but that's exactly the other point, is that you there's internal components that have to be uh, changed, fixed, or realigned in order for your vehicle to run correctly. And speaking of align, alignment, how many people have we seen on the highways crabbing? How, I mean, In, countless. Insane, insane. So, uh, crabbing, for, for those of you who don't know, is uh, <laughs> essentially when you're, you're you're looking at the back of the truck, but for some reason you can see all four tires uh, because it's just and not it's driving straight. It's going sideways. Yeah, it's but almost it's not going, a Hummer. <laughs> exactly. It's almost going sideways because someone didn't bother or first uh, had an incident off-road or whatever, and all of everything's just off. The camera's off. Everything can be off. And we see it all the time, especially here in Colorado. And often it is those modified trucks. And so it's pretty easy to assume that after they did some modification, they didn't bother aligning the vehicle. Yeah, totally. So hope uh, this helps you a little bit as you're planning your future mods. Yes. And let us know in the comments below what your experiences are with that. Yeah, appreciate it. So stay tuned. Uh, lots of news. Like I said, I try to hint as much as I can. Right. Coming in future podcasts because we have interviews. Yep. We have news. Uh, we have deep dives. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Uh, there'll be a lot more coming up soon. Um, and also check out OTFL.com, as always, for everything automotive in one place. That's right, guys. Have a wonderful week. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.